Hello and welcome to the fourth string podcast all about the fourth string mad league. Now, if you told me I was going to take the sports anomaly, which is pretty slim margin of sports video game world, and then I was going to slim that down to just one league and, and Madden, that's pretty, uh, yeah, you have to be questioning my career choices, but I feel like with every one of these career choices, just better and better. Uh, I'm joined by Jeff, the commish trying to host because I don't understand what's happening. Jeff, how you feeling today? Uh, snuffly or nasally stuffed up. I got st- shit in my face. She's got shit in his face. All right, great. And Brian, the screwdriver holiday. How are you feeling? I'm doing all right. Uh, the past couple games have not gone well, but, uh, doing okay. Looking for a yeah. turnaround today. Oh, we're going to get into it. In fact, we can dive right in. And just a reminder, if you want to follow this league that we're going to be talking about, you can go to at 4THSL on Twitter, and you'll see a feed where you can watch the games, which you should absolutely do. The Bears are my team. The Bears Warrens, as they're now called, apparently. Uh, and it's great. Anyway, let's start with where do you stand? So this is where we check our place in the standings with everybody on the podcast. That starts with you, Jeff. Where do you stand? with the dolphins uh dolphins have taken a little bit of a beating the last few weeks but i still like my playoff chances um i've had two very good teams and i've gotten down early in both games which has led to me basically not running the ball at all and uh desperation time has led to some scores which make the final scores look better but really neither of these games have been close um and uh, I'll have more to say on that later when we talk about our our ongoing feelings towards Madden 22 as a product. Sounds good. Uh, and Brian, what about you? Where do you stand? Uh, a solid two and zero to start, and a solid zero and two the last two weeks. So I am at an even five hundred two and two. How do you feel about it? Um, angry, <laughs> angry in a confused way. But yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that when we get there too. But it, it I mean, it's. There's some things. There's some things. I'm uh, my 0 and 2 Bears are now 2 and 2. I've got the 1 and 3, I think, 1 and 3 uh, Raiders next. Um, I was scouting him today, and it looks like he's figuring out how to play the game based on his trend line. So I'm like, okay, this is definitely not a gimme. There are no gimmies. I did beat the Lions 58 to something, 34. Um, that was after being down 25 to 7. And then uh, the Bears, I, because I knew he was the worst team on paper, I was like, I'm not going to give up. And then um, the Bears went fucking crazy. So that was fun. I feel like I'm trending up. I feel like the big game is me in week six with the Packers. But this week five game, I, I'm not going to look ahead. You know, so that's where I am. Uh, I'm bringing back, there's this uh, great uh, human being named Steve Ricasa Jr. who used to listen to Sports Anomaly. He just found out that it's back in time to find out that we're we're minimizing our uh, our window and he reminded me that he was once mvp of the week and that i was like holy shit we haven't done mvp of the week i'm calling it mvp of the week i'm calling mike's in game that's right the titans owner because he uses cinematic cameras to play and i just love it he has like I don't know which one he clicks up, but it's like an overhead style camera. And I got to say, it's just a more enjoyable experience. Are you guys on board with this? Yeah, I mean, I, I get to name all of the stream uh, 
catchphrases as it was uh, when we do the the bot drops and people ask like why does it say this when I go live it's like well because that's what I felt like putting and no one ever tells me not to so um, I always put for him uh, good football at strange angles because he plays right. so zoomed out that it just looks weird. Yeah, it's so weird, but I, I love it. I'm a big fan. All right, moving on to this is Force Center. This is news and storylines from around the league. Let's start with some big trades, big movement, big testicles being launched around. Uh, first of all, Matthew Stafford, the Rams quarterback, is on the move. He went from for new to he went to the Patriots for Noodle Arm Mac Jones. Uh, that's 95 throw power being traded for 90 or 85 throw power. Uh, Brian, what did you think of this deal? Well, considering I play the Rams this week, I'm a little bit excited about it to see if I can pick off Mac Jones 37 times and return all of them for touchdowns. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. It seems interesting the the, the salary implications. I don't. As we know, we've established, I'm not against the trade. I don't know that I fully understand it, though. Right. Uh, Jeff, who do you think won this trade? One, I would say the Rams. Uh, I think Stafford is a good quarterback, but is clearly aged. Um, so I think his best days are definitely behind him. I think you can expect constant regression from him over the next, I think, two seasons of his contract. Uh, he might have a longer contract, but I don't remember exactly. Um, and Mac Jones is only going to get better, which I think is now good because he's cheap, he's young, he's got quick silver dev, and, uh, you know, he's got that 80-whatever throw power, but that's going to improve too. Um, also, Kirk Cousins has proved anything. It's, you don't need above 88 throw power to be good in this league. Hey, hey Man, easy now. Jared Goff definitely proves that you might need more than 88 throw power. I don't know. It's interesting because, like, I agree, like the money stuff, whatever, but throw power is such a huge element of this game. And Stafford's got accuracy too. He is making $35 million a year, which is more than me um, by 6 million. So it's like, you know, that's wild. But yeah, more than 85 throw power. More than even you. if he, yeah, even if he makes like uh, two more throw power points, which are big, like when you see a player go up plus one in speed or plus one in throw power, it's like a big moment, right? Man, if Mac Jones if Mac Jones can get to ninety throw power, this is a steal. But otherwise, I'm like eighty eight well, throw power is not great. I'll say, I'll say this though. I think I think for a four year league in in year one in season one, uh, I think this is a good deal because I think the long term of Mac Jones is going to be positive. And I also think with the throw power, um, well, and we'll have to see how it plays out. But I think. The way that this game plays, short and medium passing may be the way to go. And I don't know that throw power is all that important necessarily in the short to medium throw game, which throwing deep, I don't know. And we'll talk more about this in a little bit, but I don't, I don't know that's a bad deal. I think, I think this could end up being one of the best trades over four seasons, depending on, depending. We'll see how Max Jones turns out, but it's, there's potential there. Well, the Rams just need to hand the ball off. That's what that guy's, you know, that's his style. So it's interesting. I don't know. Whatever. Moving on to the other big trade that just went down. Kareem Hunt, Jeff's own for Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth of the Steelers. Um, the first question I want to ask you about and this was... And a second round pick. That, that's correct. Which actually made the tr trade balance to me because I was like, this is kind of 
off again. And then I was like, okay, second round pick. I'm good. Um, Jeff, did you, uh, what did you trade to get Kareem Hunt in the first place? It was and this Kareem is a, Hunt. This is about to piss me off. Kareem Hunt, Greg Newsom, the second. Why is my camera like? Uh, Kareem Hunt, Greg <laughs> running, Newsom. Running away two, from you. Uh, a second round pick and a fourth round pick in 2023 for Harris, Sertan, Fryermuth, and I think also a 2023 pick. No, no, no. I'm saying, what was the deal that got you Kareem Hunt originally? Oh, that was Xavier Howard and Miles Gaskin. Uh, Howard being an X-Factor, best player on the team, and Gaskin was like a second-year running back, 76, maybe, uh, with Silver Dev. And that was for Hunt and Newsom, and nothing else. Man. Straight two for two. Yeah. Total steal there. So you you agree that's a steal, right? Because Newsom is like one of the two best young dongs. Well, I was certainly happy to do it because I'm not a team in contention. The Browns have one of the best rosters in the league. Adding Xavier Howard was a big win. He's still got Nick Chubb, so losing Kareem Hunt didn't really hurt him all that much. Although Chubb did actually get hurt and give uh, Gaskin some playing time, which was fun to watch. Um, so yes, I think I did a good thing, but I don't think it hurt the Browns to, to do because they were probably the only team in the league. Maybe the Colts also who like could have dealt a great running back and not missed a beat. How old is Avian Howard? He's 28 or 29. I don't know. I don't know about in game in real life. He's 29. Right. I mean, it's an interesting one. Okay, so it wasn't a total hose job, but yeah, flipping uh, Cream Hunt for that. I, how do you feel about this? How long do you think it's going to take Najee Harris to be your guy? Because I actually think you are going to be hurt this season by not having Cream Hunt because so you really pound with him. The last two games, I've not pounded at all. Uh, I think I have nine carries in two games because they've been down big so quickly and then the running back just becomes extra pass protection or an extra receiver in that instance Najee Harris is a very good receiver uh so I don't think he's gonna miss anything there except being a little slower um which as a rookie I would hope he gets faster over time and maybe you know won't be that big a deal by season three um the pass protection is a little more worrisome because Kareem Hunt was one of the better pass protecting running backs in the league. But I don't think it's going to make a big difference to me now because I- I'm playing ahead. I'm looking ahead, uh, you know, trading for younger, worse linemen at the same time who aren't going to break the same holes open at the line. Uh, this last game, I don't know if you've seen the Buccaneers roster, but like even to start the game, I was like, I don't think I can run the ball at all. That's so dominant with, Chandler Jones, Vita Vea, uh, Devin White, um, Shaq Barrett. Like, it's just a murderer's row. Devontae David? Yeah, it's amazing. I think he traded David. I don't remember. Oh, he did? I think so. That's unwise. Um, But Uh, he he is leading the league in Packers. He traded him to the Packers for Zadarius. Zadarius Smith, though, who's like another 90 overall linebacker. Uh, So I just named, I think, five guys in their front eight who are run destroyers <laughs> so. yeah yeah that's great i can't believe the packers got levante david and i didn't even notice all right here let's move on to the second tidbit of the fourth uh fourth center which is the, some veteran presences so kirk cousins is 
good, which is shocking. And is Frank Clark the defensive player of the year? That's my two questions. Take either one that you want, uh, Brian. I'm going to go with the Kirk Cousins one because I think that the the theory, the un, the unproven theory that Kirk Cousins is good uh, started against me. So, so in that sense, um, I'm going to say no, he's not good. I'm going to say I suck on defense because defense is impossible to play um, unless you don't play it at all. The CPU is better than I am, I think, right now. Um, so yeah, Kirk Cousins did have a good he did, he did have a good game, um, but I, I'm not willing to anoint him as "quote unquote" good yet. No, uh, Jeff, are you are you willing to anoint him as "quote unquote" good? And is Frank Clark the defensive player of the year? I think Kirk Cousins is good. I think the Vikings choosing to bench him for the first two games was one of the sillier moves of the year. Uh, I'd go as far as to say Matt Ryan is good too. And although the Falcons are four and zero, if I was in their shoes, I would be playing Matt Ryan right now or. Uh, trading for a different quarterback to be QB1. Um, Frank Clark is clearly Defensive Player of the Year right now. I don't understand it, but he gets like two sacks a game and however many pressures that we're not even seeing because who pays attention to that? Uh, he's destroying offensive linemen, and I can't explain it. it. Maybe everyone's doubling Chris Jones and leaving Frank Clark open the pass rush. I don't know. It's crazy. He's, he's, it's, sec, he's second in the league right now in sacks. He has six. Six sacks behind, in, in this league? That's huge. That's be, behind Trey Hawkinson and Jerry Hughes with seven each. Cincinnati who aren't even real people, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, moving on. People don't call timeouts near the end of the game when they could stop the clock and get the ball back, and it's driving me fucking nuts. The Bills have done it most recently, and he was just like, I was over it. I, I knew I just didn't care anymore. I'm like, how? Like, that like I ran a play, a run play when my opponent had one timeout left, which I probably shouldn't have done um, because then it triggered me punting back to him. Cause I felt bad about how hosed he was getting, but it does regardless. Like I am, I'm always calling those timeouts. Like I'm going to make you earn it. And I think that's something to do with my upbringing, having brothers and sisters that were all older. I had seven brothers and sisters that were older. And I was just like, I don't care if you beat me at this board game, but you better give me your best shot because then I want winning to feel good. So I don't know. Do you guys, have you experienced this? It drives me crazy. Or are you just like, well, whatever people are going to do what they're going to do. Contextual. I think it depends. Depend, yeah, it depends what's happening in the game. Like I've been on both sides of that, right? Like in my week three game, I called timeouts and tried to score when I was down by 14 or 21 with like 30 seconds left. I'm like, right. no, I'm, I'm going all the way to the end and I'm going to try and at least score. And I did, I scored another touchdown. Um, but then last week, I was so freaking irritated at that game. Um, I went into chew clock in the second half, and I was like, just get me out of here. So it just depends. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I actually, you're right. I mean, I've been there where I'm just like, what the fuck? But this brings me to another thing that I've seen twice this week, which is the Lions, which were down big, and the Bengals were down big, both had interceptions, and then within their frustration, did not try to go for the pick six, which I think one of the two would have definitely had, and the other one probably would have had. And I was just like, man, I got to tell you, when you're feeling shitty about this game, when you're down 28 nothing, and then you have a pick that could go for pick six, you know what's going to make you feel better? The pick six. Not like... Oh, I'm so mad. I'm just going to give up on it. That drives me crazy. It's just madness. Anyway, Jeff, do you I'm have anything you. to add to this? No, I'm with you. I would take that six points every time. I don't I don't understand. Yeah. There's no level of frustration I can have where I'm like, 
well, at least my defense didn't score. Yeah, and also a defensive touchdown that's helping your XP. Like yeah. that's just it's just good long term strategy. And also, if you're down twenty eight to nothing, your offense isn't cutting it. So, and then they ended up throwing an interception. I think yeah. I've also after. seen so many miracles already this season that I just refuse to be counted out of of any game with any amount of time left. Uh, yeah, the, I I did, did not use my timeouts this week, but I was down two scores with like forty seconds left, and he just got in a first down, and I was like, okay, it's over. But uh, I was playing up until he had the ball. I was kicking onside kicks and throwing hail marys, which worked. Which uh, yeah, <laughs> get into. Uh, right, yeah, I'm gonna did... I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna do it oh, right yeah. now. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a pledge Ooh. for the rest of this se- for the rest of this season. No matter what happens, I'm playing every freaking second of every game the rest of the year. I don't care if I'm down 52 to, to nothing and with two minutes to go. Good, because frankly, I've no, seen way gonna... too many people in this league give up with way too much time. And yeah, I, saw, I did that. Yep. I saw the Jaguars were winning 35-7 to at halftime and lost 53-38 to or something already this season. It's like literally there is no the game is over in this year's game yeah. because – Defense is so hard that you can get like a miracle one play touchdown on a boot, on a boot, uh, on a, I don't know what I'm trying to say, a, a button hook, boot. a button hook, like a nothing play where they just break a tackle and go for 90 yards. Uh, it, and, it reminds me, oh, go ahead. Uh, well, just onside kicks work sometimes. And oh, really? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen kick returns work. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. miracles can happen, and I refuse to lose by any margin when there's still time left on the clock. This reminds me of uh, basically you're just recapping like the end of Scrooge, like when Bill Murray gives his monologue. That's miracles can happen, and you got to play to the last second. You want to you want to get that kick return. You want to get that outside kick. It could happen to you. It could happen to you. It could happen to me. I'm, I'm taking my real life approach that I developed in 2005 with Seahawks games. So we've had Seahawks season tickets since 2004, I think. And in 2005, the Seahawks played the Giants in Seattle. Um, and the crowd caused 11 false starts, but the game was still close. So then we get to the end and Jay Feely has a chance to kick like a 28 yard field goal to win the game. Um, and I get up, stand up to get ready to leave and he misses. And then we go down the field and we throw an interception. You got up and ruined it? No. well, Well, so he missed it. So for the, for the giants. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to wait here. And then we go down the field and then we throw a pick and they go back, back down the field. And now he's got like a 30 Feely, Jay Feely for the giants has like a 35 yard field goal to win it. It's tied. He missed it. We go to overtime. We don't get the score in overtime. The giants get it. They drive it down to like the 17 yard line. And now Jay Feely can kick another game winner in overtime. He missed it. And we drove down and Josh Brown kicked a game winning field goal in overtime there was no way the Seahawks should have won that game. Yeah. Jay Feely missed three game-winning field goals, so but we, we stayed. So kickers, <laughs> everybody loves himself a good kicker. So that's yeah. that's my that's my now my Madden approach. There's there's no quit. I love it. I I mean I Jeff. I don't know if you saw the end of my Browns game where I threw a touchdown pass, that, like with it was fourth and one, and I sent a guy deep and he blitz with his safety to try to stop the run to keep me from getting that first down. And I scored like a 70 yard touchdown with like, I don't know, 19 seconds left. 
I mean, that was crazy, but I was, I called the timeouts to get in that position. And then when I got the ball, I got to a fourth and one situation and I was like, man, there's not enough time on the clock. Like for me to get this first down, I'm going for it. It was, I don't think we actually said what the bills did, which was not use their timeouts. Oh yeah. Uh, when they could have forced a three and out gotten the ball back with, let's say 30 seconds left. And all they needed was three points to tie the game. Um, so it wasn't even a miracle they needed. They needed like a standard football stop. Right. Uh, You're right. Yeah. A, a field goal. I mean, you get the ball at your 30 after stopping somebody, you know, that's you only have to go 30 yards to have a shot at it. What What do you guys think? There was another play that was wild that isn't on our rundown that I wanted to bring up uh, now Steelers. is the Steelers uh, had field goal range, a miracle to get field goal range against the CPU Packers drop back and threw a bomb that was just just out of the reach of their running or their wide receiver. Like fingertips. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Did you think he should have kicked the field goal? I think it was what far enough that if his kicker wasn't like 99 kick power, probably would have been short. I don't remember exactly. It was not a close kick, I'll say. Right. So, it was like 58 yards or so. Like it would it was in that range where you're like, okay. Yeah, it was. Um, I would need perfect meter and I would need a perfect kicker. And if I don't have either of those, it's going to be short. Um, plus, I think it was like a rainy, windy game of like 12 miles per hour to the left or something the whole time. Uh, um, okay, yeah, the wind the, the wind this year in this game it affects the ball way different than it did in 21. Uh, the 49ers game that I played, we, we, it was 14 mile an hour wind at like a 10 o'clock angle. And we both missed, missed extra points. But one thing that stood out was um, you could actually see after the kick, you could see the ball take one trajectory and then actually curve, right? In 21, if it was windy, the ball would just sort of go that way. Right. And so it was, easy, it was easy to correct for, right? You would just aim the opposite way, which is what I did in, on my extra point is I aimed slightly to the left. Um, but I, when I kicked it left, it didn't start to curve yet. And it actually curved like around the goalpost. Um, so the, so trying to judge like distance and how strong the wind is and how far the ball is going to curve, um, makes a difference this year. So kicking in the wind, I think is harder this year than it has been before. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, just want to move on to our fourth moment, our fourth item, which is rugs. Uh, he's he's killed people. Um, so he's out. We have a system in our league where if somebody is terrible in real life, you can change their name. Is it official what his name is being changed to, Jeff? Is no, that been it's confirmed? not. And actually, I need to add that rule to the rule book because it's just sort of a thing we've allowed, but it's not actually written yeah. down. Um, I talked to Kevin. We were brainstorming some names. He probably went to bed because he lives uh, 100 hours in the past whenever I talked to him, and it was like 9 a.m. for me, so that would have made it like, I don't know, 2 a.m. for him. I, I can't six, do math. Six. It'd be 6 a.m. for him. Okay. Really? That's it? Three hours different? That's he's in Alaska. Right. Yeah, he's only an hour west of Pacific. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was yeah, way more Jeff extreme. Is... No, you have no. wild ideas about time zones. <laughs> but I, I'm pushing him to go with a an Inuit name. That's funny because that's where we were. And color everything. That's what we were discussing. And I don't know if I want to yeah. out the name because he did not finalize, but we were talking about a okay. movie uh, he likes right. called The, the Fast one or the fast runner. runner oh so yeah. you're already in on this story then i'm in on this and i'm i was like yes like use this the teachable moment don't like don't just have like you know uh rinry hugs <laughs> you know like go go all the way change skin color change the name yeah. like 
you know, let create a totally new identity. Because so I, I suggested be the director of the movie's name because it was a little more pronounceable. Yeah. I felt for the rest of the league, um, and then Canuck. Also, yeah, Canuck. Um, I think it was like Zadarius Canuck or Zacharius. Oh, really? Zacharius. Oh, wow. Um, that's a cool name. Yeah, I thought like that's uh, a cool combo. And then when he was talking about the character of the movie, I was like, well, if you just take that one of that guy's name and split it in half, it becomes more pronounceable for us dumb white people. Uh, whereas his I, full name was very difficult. I think go full fuck us, you know. That's what <laughs> it, that's on us to adapt. Also, my laptop has been dying when the battery's at like a quarter instead of just going all the way down. So if suddenly uh, the, I cut out, just continue on and I'll be back shortly. Um, last thing I just want to add on, on the uh, news and storylines, Roquan Smith, the middle linebacker of the Bears, he eats people. That's one of the great storylines, and it's awesome. Sorry, uh, moving uh, can on. Can you pronounce this name for me real quick? I just put it in chat. Lurlach Atanarjit. Atanarjit. Atanarjit? What was the first part? Uh, I would say Unalak. Unalak? 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 Yeah. Unalak sounds even better. Unalak. So I Can was you? suggesting uh, look- you go with Aton Arjut as the name. It oh, looks cool, Arjut. though. Yeah. Or cool. Una. What a, or Una. Hold on. Let's, let's, let's spend Aton 10 Arjut. seconds on this. <laughs> I put it in chat. Well, also. that one thing isn't a letter that I'm familiar with. Uh, so that is a character that he said was called uh where is it an inlaut no i'm just kidding but i also also feel like like trying to sabotage the name also maybe takes away from the purpose of the name though too like we like todd said i think we should we can just adapt right to whatever the actual name is and he's gonna get a name like if he had this name like a locker room style i'd be like yeah atari's crushing it for the (laughs) vikings or something isn't that worse Um, than no Giving him Look, a nickname he didn't ask for versus giving him a name we can say. Yes, it's the worst. I, but there's this guy on Chelsea. Like Odafe Owe going by Jason all through college. Okay, I hate that. That I do hate. Um, Hold on. I'm going to go ahead. Go I'm going to put this in. I'm going to see if I can find the phonetic spelling of this. You keep, uh, carry on. Well, Cesar as a character in Korra that is based on Inuit. Uh-huh. I don't know what that means. All right. I don't either because I've quit listening to you guys, but Cesar Azpilicueta as, as is a Chelsea defender and they call him Dave, like the crowd calls him Dave. <laughs> so I guess that's bad. funnier. <laughs> that it's bad. somewhat funny. I'm like, not saying it's good or Atari bad. It feels worse than making him a name disagree. that we can say. <laughs> I will get the name right, so I'm not, I'm not even part of this. All right, real quick, before we move on to the view from the fourth string in which we talk about big topics, I'm just going to jump ahead the game time decision what's the best one win team winless or one win team in the league we're doing a quick tournament style okay titans versus giants the titans won though right so they're out no no they lost yeah no they lost They lost. okay so they're 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 no wins oh and five uh brian titans Mm -hmm. or giants who do you have is the best who would you put money on to win between those two teams um titans same here. Okay, Jeff, Raiders or Cowboys? Oh, give me the Raiders. Yeah, I've, they're figuring yeah. it out, and they Darren might get a gimme against the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although the Raiders have this very, and if he's listening, I feel bad because there's COVID spreading it through his family, so I'm going to say something negative about his team. But he has a real rich uh, style, Eagles style of like that he's developing where it's like 
Josh Jacobs up the middle and Darren Waller, and that's it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Chargers versus the Rams. So that's a CPU Chargers. This is my pick. I mean, the Rams, I know what they're going to do on every play. I still couldn't beat them. I'm taking the CPU Chargers. I think they're going to be well, better. We have a Chargers uh, now. Since when? Since an hour ago. Uh, Ooh. Dom Ooh, bought that. an Xbox. What? what? Oh, man. I'm taking take it back. It's in general chat. I, okay, well, I'm just going to keep going with the Chargers as a CPU tape because Dom is going to go Celebration emoji. Celebration yeah, exactly. emoji. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for those of you over to you out there who want to trade for Rayshon Slater, also celebration emoji. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but That's moving me. on, okay. Brian. Saints yeah. versus Lions. Uh, man, I, Lions, considering you got to take into consideration the roster they're playing with. And yeah, I, I got to go Lions. Okay, Jeff, over to you. Titans or Lions? Uh, Titans. Derrick Henry can't be stopped. Except for yeah, the first he's five real life. he was stopped. <laughs> yeah, unreal. Uh, Raiders versus Chargers. I'm taking the Raiders because I say so, uh, and I'm trying to like do the thing where you butter up your opponent before you hopefully beat them 41 to 10. Um, all right, Titans versus Raiders. Uh, we each get a vote for this finals. I'm taking Titans hands down. Derrick Henry's unstoppable. What about you guys? I go Titans also. I'll take yeah. the Jeff? Raiders. You're wrong. It's two to one Titans. You <laughs> dummy. It was already two nothing. You, you're just rooting for a loser. Well, go Titans or go home. The five oh and five Titans. Can they get to five and five? Doubtful. They just ran the ball every time. Maybe it's unbelievable. He's also You've the league leader together. in reception. So he's throwing to Henry a lot, too. Yeah, which I would shut down with everything I had and then fly past him and then watch Henry juke one of my guys just run normally while I dove past him and then run into the end zone. That's exactly how it would actually play out. All right, move, view from the fourth story. These are storylines that have people jerking their fucking dicks. Uh, number one, state of the game. Uh, Jeff, you wanted to bring this up because you were wanted to share your latest thoughts. Yeah. Um, uh, t- talk to us. What, kick us off. So we we started this show however many weeks ago, all generally pretty positive on the game. Um, and I've had some time to uh, sit on those feelings and process and start losing some games, uh, which has changed my feelings a bit. And I think a lot of my praise earlier maybe was less so praise of the game itself and more so now looking back uh, just excitement that it's not an identical game to last year. Uh, they've changed a lot. It's not the same. Anyone who's out there saying this is the same game, they copy-pasted, is a Reddit lunatic. Uh, yeah. It's very different. But I I no longer feel like all those things are for the better. Um, and some of it I do still, I'll double down and say is better. I've seen some picks where it's like a guy will bat the ball and it'll hit his foot and it'll pop back up and that same guy will catch it and i'm like i see that on sunday on tv like that is awesome it's infuriating to me when i throw it but it's very realistic we're like once the ball slows down you know they bobble it a little and then they come down with it um but there are some things that have become more and more aggravating as more games have uh happened um, and if you, I want to point out a few of them and, and see how you guys feel and if there's anything else that you would bring up uh, that maybe I have not taken the time to notice. But um, the first thing is collision. I see a lot of guys whose bodies will completely pass through someone who has the ball and there's no impact 
on the ball carrier at all. I threw a pick yesterday uh, where after the defender had the ball, my wide receiver just went right through his body like a phase shift magic superpower. And Whoa. He, he, well, it was, it was very bang, bang. But like last year, I feel like that impact would have been made and it would have been an instant tackle. And this year he lands on his feet and starts running for 40 more yards of return. Um, I want to say real quick. Yeah. The one thing I hate is when I dive in front of a ball carrier or I dive at a quarterback's feet. Cause I'm and just sort of generally trip. hoping and he doesn't trip. He just runs through and that really pisses me off. Like at least slow him down or he has to toe touch over him or something or steps on my guy's helmet mm-hmm. and like grinds his fucking face into the ground. Like Get fuck Matt you Ryan with his hands stepped and then, on and starts bleeding everywhere. Yeah, exactly. I, I would I've noticed, yeah. I've noticed that more, at least what I've noticed more is uh, that happening near the sideline. So like if the if a runner's running down the sideline and you go to make a tackle, especially if you dive sort of in front of him, it's it's like a ghost. And I wonder if, and maybe this is happening in mid middle of the field as well, but I wonder if it has something to do because they've changed the sideline awareness engine or whatever too, like how the, how a player navigates the sideline. And I wonder if those two things maybe are related mm-hmm. when that happens on the sideline. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I find myself flying past players diving into the side right. into the stands. Well, basically, I mean, that compounds the issue. Also, is that it's so hard right. to tackle that when someone just runs through someone lying on the ground, it's like, oh, couldn't you have at least given me like a trip animation or something like a toe gr- yeah. drag or, you know, oh, he he's on the ground, but he re- he reaches his hand out and trips the guy's foot or something for two yards mm-hmm. instead of just letting him go free. Yeah. Um, uh, what else, Jeff? Um, I mean, tackling is super fucking hard. <laughs> it's super. It's so I, oh, hard. I see people were like last year's, and I have to compare it, you know, one to one. Last year's game, if I ran in someone's general vicin- vicinity, uh, they would reach an arm out to try and tackle them, and that was something that annoyed me last year. But in this year's game, they don't reach out at all. Whereas the real, the thing I actually want, the middle ground, is he reaches out and like a running back will run through his hand because it's just like a weak little hand sticking out there. Right. Uh, now they're so blocked that nobody touches anyone unless you basically run directly into them. Um, and it's really frustrating because I feel like I can run within a yard of someone, but because I'm personally manually terrible, I cannot make a tackle. I, uh, yeah, I'm, it's, it's, there's something off. I, I, I told the lions to turn on heat seeker and he's like, what? I didn't even know that was a thing. And I was like, yeah. And to be honest, you don't need it. Cause it's not helping me at all. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I've noticed the opposite yeah, on I definitely defense. Got it on. <laughs> yeah. On D de- on defense too, is like, as you, if you play as a linebacker and you try to take the angle to the runner, the linebacker, I've I've been at least running into my defensive lineman trying mm-hmm. to get to the running back. So that animation sticks where where I run into my own guys, but it seems one sided a little bit. Um, so real, real quick in the chat, uh, let's see, man, twenty is better than twenty one almost every way. Defense isn't hard; it's just less automated. Uh, learn no. to adjust on the fly and not just sit inside your play call. No. He, I disagree. No. <laughs> I disagree. I think, uh, look, I like this game a lot more than 21. And I do think mm-hmm. I would agree that 21 is simplified. Like what you're saying, like it's just easier to tackle. But I'm 
I don't know. I'm not learning. I'm not like, oh, I shouldn't have dove there. I should do something else. There's no sort of like safe tackle button. There's no rap that I'm finding that I'm like, okay, I all I do is end up backing up <laughs> and hoping that my... There is the CPU like assist, but it actually takes the wrong angle if you use that and it gives up more big plays. Right. Because the CPU yeah, is I don't assisting know. the running angle and then it does it poorly. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just like saying no emphatically. Who, who said that? Uh, I'm not seeing the chat. That's the Ravens uh, just do it. And Eat Katsu is Julian, who's the Chiefs. Uh, I would say it's, I mean, it is less automated, but what I want is more yeah. assistance, not automation. So, like, if I'm running towards someone and I'm full stick horizontal polling, I want some, like, angle adjustment to, like, actually Maybe. hit the guy. Are the Titans directing your camera game right now? Because, like, I'm feeling like it's just swinging away from you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I I want to think that I could get better. But I think what I'm saying about diving at the quarterback's feet and him not being affected is a perfect example of why I don't think that, that I actually don't think it's me. Like, if my dude's laying, if Khalil Mack is laying on his stomach and a quarterback <laughs> dances right past his face, I feel like he would just lift an arm at least to trip him or something he wouldn't the quarterback just wouldn't yeah. freely walk past him and uh, not that that would happen to cleo mack not trying to drive up his trade value i'm just saying he'll fucking rip off people's arms and feed him to roquan smith i got one more uh big yeah. big issue that i've taken issue with since the last time we talked about this but uh, i basically feel like i'm a non-factor on defense um i have play calls that don't do anything i've got user uh control where i feel like i don't do anything it seems like the computer plays defense and i'm just in the way i can cause larger issues but i can never make a play at at no point do i make a play uh so i think i'm gonna start using the defensive line again not that that i've seen any uh usefulness to either because it just seems like pass rush is so much harder this year um but pressure yeah, but the, the one of the things they talked about before the game came out was that they were changing how often uh, computer-controlled defensive linemen would use moves, you know, like rip moves, spin moves, all that. And it seems like that has not come to fruition because the the most sacks I have, I have no players on the defensive line with more than a single sack. The only players with multiple sacks are linebackers, meaning the only time I'm getting sacks is when I'm blitzing my linebackers. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm here's my issue. We've talked about the secondary and there have been improvements apparently with the update, but my problem is that there's that real long cro- crossing route that a player can take, a wide receiver can take, and basically the quarterback can throw this ball, roll out or not roll out, and then he can hit that guy and he can do this sort of diving two two feet in, falls out of bounds, right? And that can go for like 20, 30, 40 yards. And it's a crazy thing to give up because you're just like why can't my safety or my cornerback just stay with them for those last five yards and the issue that i find that what i'm realizing and it's the defensive line is not getting to the quarterback which is allowing that wide receiver to go that far and run that free to make that play and that's what's really frustrating me and i'm finding that um defensive line just is such a non-factor like i'm sure it helps for running run defense so i i still want to keep my beefy boys but i'm just like man that pass that where the dude gets away is just so frustrating and i I just playing the colts 
uh, Carson Wentz had infinite time in the pocket. There was never right. any breakdown. If someone got mm -hmm. loose, it was just another lineman showed up to block that guy, and then he'd peel off and block the next guy. And, like, the secondary did a pretty good job, but if you're just waiting for that crossing route again and again and again and you have infinite time, it's like, yeah, there's <laughs> there's only so much they can do back there, uh, which is true I in real life, too. Right, right. And then I did have two user picks with a with my linebackers in my last game. So in terms of agency and like I can make a difference, I did feel good about that. And a couple times this year, I have been baited into throws that I'm like, oh, I got two options. I think I can. And then the defender user defender breaks and like makes a pick. And I'm like, I I love those because I'm like, okay, tip of the hat. If I would have thrown to the other receiver, like if I would have thrown short to my running back, you would have been fucked because you were fading out to my wide receivers is passing over me so that I, I feel like there's some deep strategy coming there but i don't know it's just part, it's a part of the the no agency comment is also uh that when you do switch to a player it seems to be bad so whereas last right, year right. once they throw it you could switch to the defender and try and make a play now if you Ugh. switch to the defender usually you're a step behind anyway so you can't put your you can't press y to go for a pick and if you press x they don't jump which is insane uh, because X is the bat the ball away animation instead uh, of the pick the ball right. off animation. But you would think that would mean they would like jump higher or further trying to just get a hand on the ball. And instead they never leave the ground. They just stick their hand up and hope for the best or swat from the ground. It's like, so I can press Y and jump when I know I'm not close enough to the ball to catch it. Or I can press X where if they did jump, maybe they could like tip the ball but they don't jump, so there's there's no middle ground. And then sometimes you take control, and uh, there's something this year where if you don't perfectly time pressing Y, they just don't do anything. <laughs> they don't. Oh do, right, I've I've definitely experienced that one. Yeah, uh, I had a play last night where Greg Newsom was waiting for the ball, but because I didn't press Y at like the exact right time, he just stayed on the ground and watched Mike Evans step in front of him and take it. And I was like, that was literally a huge play. And it goes back to, like, there's no assistance. Like, I was in position body-wise, timing-wise, everything. I took control. I pressed Y. But because I didn't, like, wait for the apex of the ball or something, I don't know. It was a very fast play. But the guy just stayed still, and yeah. uh, I threw up in my it's, mouth. It's tough to swallow. All right, let's move on to trades rule or trade rules. See what I did there? Um all right, so we've had huge discussion. Brian hasn't said anything about this. I don't know where he stands on trades. Jeff, you're a trade uh, monster. You're always there to uh, take the extra player, the extra pick, the extra stab in the dick to the player that you're trading with, and then flip those players for a superstar player, and then flip that player for three superstar players. And then I am I am left out in the cold being like, I'd like to make a trade. It's like a little, a little wispy voice that, like, was that the wind? Um, I am kidding. Yeah, you, Brian you got thinks... Jason McCourty. I did get Jason McCourty, which is now my starting strong safety. I realized my starting strong safety was kind of a turd. Um, and so I'm glad to have experienced back-to-back uh, -back starting strong safeties that are kind of turds. Um, no, but Brian doesn't believe there should be any trade regulation. I believe there should be a lot of trade regulations. Jeff wants to fuck everybody over. And uh, yeah, so I've often, sides... I've often said that. That's a direct quote. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about the where we are with the trade situation, where you stand with it. Brian, you you pointed a finger as if to say, "Ding." I don't I don't think I don't think I, I don't want any trade regulation. I want minimal trade 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 holy crap. Trade regulation. I want to protect new owners 
Um, I support the no trading the first round pick as a rookie kind of deal. Uh, I want to prevent egregious trades that are league breaking or slash may potentially um, screw another team if that person leaves and we get a new owner for that team. Outside of that, mind your own business. That's my that's my take on it. But do you do you agree that Jeff and I'm just using Jeff as an example? Sure, but what no, Jeff no does is he trades he trades a he trades four nickels for a quarter, right? And then he trades every once in a while he'll trade three nickel he'll get uh, he'll trade three nickels for a quarter, and then he'll trade four, and then every once in a while three, and then then you're looking at basically down the road you're like oh now he's swapping some of the nickels he now he's trading two nickels for a quarter because he oh, i don't it, that's what and then over the course of nine trades because i originally there was this idea of like trying to restrict the number of trades because then you would only be trading um like for what you wanted because i do think jeff probably thinks about this and i did think about it in terms of mccourty in a sense i was like well i'm going to get a player that i can then flip my backup or i can flip him again later as part of a package if i need to but right now i need him so I think I guess that's part of my complaint is like if you turn it into a game, then you can like Jeff can always get uh, he can always win five percent. And then over the course of 10 trades, then he's won like 50 percent. And so that's what I think I'm trying to keep from happening and why I want to be more restrictive about trades. And I do think like, look, if a 73 uh, normal dev. 26 year old player gets traded for a 68 year old right end who's you know normal dev like i'm like yeah who gives a shit like that's fine because maybe you're trading depth whatever i like even that nickel that you win i'm like okay fine but i i don't know it is tough it is tough to regulate it and to figure it out and uh and right now i feel like we're in a good place because we have at least some system and for people that aren't in our league and there's nobody listening who's not the idea of creating a structure by which people have to veto the trade, and then if three people say, "Hey, I I want this reviewed," then it gets reviewed by um, now a random assortment of leaguers. Do we is the number still eight for that random assortment of leaguers, Jeff, or did you pare yeah, it down to like eight. five? No, it's still eight. Feels, I guess so. I mean, yeah, I, whatever. I, but, just, I just think that that your analogy there to me says Jeff's good at trading, and why should he be held back? and punished for are you my pr well, okay. manager <laughs> yeah he no is. no because because here's the thing i've made exactly zero trades this year because i haven't had the additional time to one i can't keep track of what the hell's going on in the trade room anyway between the trades that are being made and then the the appeals and all the things that are happening so i can't keep up on that so i'm just like screw it i just won't trade anyone this season we'll figure some stuff out next year but if i were to be trading right to, like trading takes effort and it takes knowledge and it takes skill to put together trades that work for you. And um, I, I don't think that every trade has to be even. Um, ideally, when you go into a trade, you're trying to get what's best for you, right? You're trying to maximize what you can get out of the deal. And so it's like, I think we used the analogy of poker before, right? You're, you're trying to get the best hand that you can and get the most out of it. Um, so if Jeff's really good at that, and taking small pieces, right? Small pieces, small pieces, and making them into bigger pieces. I don't think that should be something that should be punished. I think other people should maybe pay attention to what Jeff is doing and how he's doing it and maybe learn from it. And one, not give him necessarily what he thinks he wants or start doing the same thing, right? Start taking Right, I would love a world where everybody knew that like Aaron Rodgers 
was like on ivermectin. But not everybody going into a new league knows that Jeff is probably that you should always ask for more. And it's fun to trade. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. It's like I speak to what Jeff does because I have some insight uh, into that. I don't believe it. Um, first I'm very open, uh, about my strategies. And I think I've said here before, like when people ask me what they should do, I'm usually pretty chatty. Uh, Dom has done that in the past. Uh, Brian, I think when this league started, you said like, who should I be trying to flip? And I made, a, I made a list. Uh, the saints last week were like, oh my God, my cap is in hell next season because all these guys have contracts going from 2 million to 15 million. I made him a list of, of people he should be trying to trade now, people he should cut in the offseason, uh, people he should flip for late-round picks versus quality players, et cetera. It's like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a helpful guy. I'm a pleaser. Uh, for the I agree. Part. But if you're asking me what do I do, I, I'm looking ahead. And maybe that's what more people should do, maybe not. I want to play now and have fun, but I do not expect to win this season. What I want to do is take my team, which was terrible to start, and I've done a, a pretty good job of improving it in the short term, um, and build it in a way where I don't have to worry about re-signing contracts, which is why I, I just went after Najee Harris, not because he's a better player or even that he fits my play style more. Uh, it's that he is young, has contract control, and I will never have to worry about re-signing him, uh, which means I don't have to stress about whether I use my XP points on him or not, I can just give them to him. Whereas right now, Trey Turner, who I have on my trade block, has two XP points to improve him, and I am not using them because the better you make a player, the harder they are to resign, and I don't know if I'm resigning him or trading him, and that's a whole thing. Uh, I like knowing people are under contract. I just resigned Emmanuel Ogba, and that was a decision I made because I, again, didn't want to slow his progress, and he's a good pass rusher, not in this game, but in real life and uh, ability-wise, he's a good pass rusher. Um, so I think there's you just have to weigh the now versus the future, and I think a lot of teams are doing that. You can see the Bucks selling lots of guys for low value just to get picks because they're, like, they're on their last year of their deal. I'm not going to keep them. What can I recoup for them, uh, whether it's Jason McCourty or it's uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, uh, JPP, um, or, you know, whomever that they've been trading. Wait, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the guy from I can't uh, remember Tool what JPP Time? stands for. Yeah, Home Improvement? <laughs> Jason Pierre Paul. Jason Pierre Paul, Paul Jason and Jason Paul. Taylor Thomas. Are, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's a great mistake. Uh, someone, um, told no, me, I, someone told me that on one of these podcasts I had, like, revealed something horrible about like oh my, my strategy God. and i was like i don't think i ever have been keeping secrets about what i like to do in trades and that is get rid of big contracts Here, or take on big contracts depending on well, what I'm now that we're talking for. about it i'm just gonna say things i don't like right okay. because because ultimately it comes down to like a matter of taste and i think there is a problem with like people who only trade to flip people and I'm not saying you do that. I actually don't think you do that necessarily. I, think I, do I think, that either. Yeah. But I know that the Steelers have done it. And then you get into where this dude is making like 12, 13, 14 trades where most people make zero to two trades. And then you're like, well, is that good? Because this is weird that this dude just keeps yeah. doing this. And then I it's just sort of like. Yeah, I've been, I've been accused of flipping in the past two weeks. I didn't pick up Cream Hunt to flip him. You know, Najee Harris I agree and with Pat Fryermouth went on the trade block. 
I didn't pursue yeah. them until they were on the trade block. And then I was like, oh, this is a, a route I can go. That's interesting to me. Whereas before I was just going to Cream Hunt. Even if you were picking up a player to flip him, that happens too, right? It's like, a, I mean, in a, and I guess not in a certain really, sense, Not really, right? not in the NFL. I mean, no, the NFL does, no, they'll the do NFL like a three-way trade. They'll do a three-way trade. But like in this sense, it's just easier to be like, okay, if I can get, like Jeff and I did that, was it two years ago when I got DJ Chark? Right. Yeah, Basically, I was like, year. okay, I, yeah, like I want, you want this guy, I want that guy. Okay, let's make it happen. And so then we negotiated the trades with the other people, and then it was a big process to to do it, but it worked. And so, I don't know, I don't, freedom. I understand <laughs> freedom. I guess, the, and the other thing, Jeff, this is actually probably the trade that set me off more than any of your trades. Well, the J.J. Cox. Watt trade, what's that? Jabril Cox. Was that the linebacker for linebacker where yeah. you got a significant, well, not significantly better, but just like, well, actually, they were both significant. They were both 67 overall, I believe, but the guy I got was a rookie. Right. And the other guy was like year five or something, right? Yeah. And I can't tell you why the Cowboys wanted to make that deal. I can only tell you, I went to him asking about Jabril Cox and said, is that someone you'd be willing to trade? And he said, yes, give me Brendan Scarlett. And I said, okay, Wait. and a draft pick. And he goes, no, just Brandon Scarlett. And I was like, And okay. it's like, I get, like, you, I, I understand that. But, like, from a league perspective, I'm like, who can look at that trade and be like, well, this seems super fair. It's just dumb. It's just like, at a certain point, there's certain trades that really make me just question everything and just make me be like, this isn't, this just at isn't a certain good. At point, though, you have to respect that the Cowboys owner is a 10-year guy in this league and, I mean, I can't say why he wanted I to guess. do it, but he wanted to do it. But he's out okay. there listening right now, and he knows he's never won more than three games. So then it makes you wonder, maybe. It was an AFC he, championship last season. I don't season. remember. doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody's listening to this bullshit. I think, this I is... think to remember, too, I think we have to remember, too, that, that everybody, at least a lot of people, right? Not everybody in the league has their team, but a lot of people have their team and they have players that they like. And if they're particularly close to a team, there's a play, like there are Seahawks players that you guys have no idea even exist that I really like. So true. Um, if, and if I like don't, Josh maybe if I Brown. don't have, no, that guy's, he, he beat up his girlfriend and his wife. So he's oh. no good. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, um, but if there's a guy, like if I don't have my team, but there's a guy on my team, I really want, cause I think, okay, he's going to be really good. Right. Um, then I might be willing to give up something that doesn't make a lot of sense or that's not super realistic just to get that guy on my team that I really like in real life. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's a there's a little bit of that too. So that has a direct effect on the last few trades of mine with the Steelers where I wanted Pat Sertain. I didn't give a shit about Pat Sertain, the player. He was close enough to Greg Newsom, and his name was Pat Sertain, whose father was a historically great Dolphins defensive back. Uh that blew up in my face, and I was like, okay, I don't want the headache of Patrick Sertain, actually, so let's cut that out of this deal. Um, but, like, that's all I wanted. I went to the Broncos for Pat Sertain for the same reason when I had Greg Newsom. It wasn't to flip Greg Newsom. It was, I want this guy who's named Patrick Sertain. I don't care that he – like, I would have swapped their stats if that was allowed well, and their abilities and all of that if I could have. Did you ever offer Xavier Howard for Patrick Sertain? No, I didn't. Or I mean, I, the first trade I made was Howard for uh, – Newsome, right? I, you know, maybe it's I just did. It, honestly, maybe I did go to. Him. I don't remember. I make so many offers. Yeah. You guys. Well, I there you go. If you make up. so many trades, you don't know who you traded who for. I mean, that's what I'm no, saying. No, I remember who I traded. I don't remember who I offered. Is what I'm saying in a trade that didn't right. happen. 
Well, here's my thing. I'm excited by the new evolution of the trade. I, I, all I really want, which is really what Brian, weirdly, Brian and I want the same thing. Um, for him to have to quit texting the league that he doesn't believe there should be any regulations. But no, really, in all honesty, what I want is just no fucking severely bad trades that make the league lose morale, right? And I don't want trades to be allowed that make me want to fucking lose my mind and turn into a piece of shit on our Discord uh, or anybody else, right? And so if there is some way for that to just be taken out of play because the other thing is if you make an asshole trade that i want to fucking murder the league for then even if there's a way for me to veto it and then cause a review then at least uh at that point i there's a cool down period for me where i can just be like whatever uh you know and then if it goes or doesn't go but i think and it is annoying because we're there are too many trade reviews. I definitely think rookies shouldn't. I think actually rookies should not be able to trade their first round pick because you do not know the value, especially in a new game. That's another thing that's interesting to me about all the it's trades that happen so early. System. So who knows how new draft system a pick even is right. New, new draft system. We have an all new game. We actually don't know, you know, like different positions become more relevant in a game. So when everybody's jockeying in the first four games of preseason, I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. I've got Justin Fields, so I guess I'm okay. Um, then I was just like, okay, do I are receivers good or linebackers good? And if somebody offers me a trade, do they know and I don't? Yeah. And now I, I feel like a schmuck. linemen have been uh, devalued this year compared to last year. Right. Yeah, so it's really interesting. And so now it's almost like what I really want is and to regulate trades is so that we can sort of see how the game plays. And then I everybody gets to go, well, wow, tight ends are king. So tight ends go up in value and something else goes down. So I don't know. Like right now, defensive line, I you might as well trade unless you're stopping the run. You might you're not getting to the quarterback in this game unless you're playing my offensive line and you're the uh, Bengals. I I've never seen anything like the games I played against him. He was like Trey blitzing Hendrickson and getting is, to me. He's leading the league in sacks. Yeah, so, and got it, something. So yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. I think we we've come to no consensus except the best consensus, which is let's take a census and more trade regulation. I'm just I'm kidding. okay with um, the rule. I want I don't want to get rid of it. I just want to like keep whittling away at it until we get something where every aspect of it isn't irritating the shit out of me. Cause like the initial rule yeah. was just everything is fucking reviewed when someone blinks and I have to do the work when that happens. So I don't like more work. Yeah. Um, no time to trade. I love it. It's all, <laughs> it's all working the way I want it. Uh, all right. Did sit it's the games are kicking off in the NFL and I know you guys want to watch them. I am so watching. I do. Okay, fine. Uh, I And my laptop's trying to die so that we can get through this thing. But real quick, let's just touch on the last two topics. One, Xboxes are turning off mid-game for people, and that's a bug that has not been fixed, and it's now starting to affect our league. We have a player who's like, fucking, this sucks, and I don't even want to play because I think it's going to turn off. Totally Happened to us twice. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to call that out. If there's really nothing to it's fucking terrible it's, and fix it. it's a it. Series X issue. So if you have an Xbox Series oh. S you're okay which i do so like i'm like what's yeah. the problem 
but yeah, it's it's something that keeps coming up for multiple people, and I can totally understand why someone would take the approach of just put me on auto. I can't stand doing this anymore. God, uh, how horrible to get the time. more expensive one. Yeah, and and just like the the emotional energy you put into one of these games, and the stats you're building, and the yeah. story that is being told, and then you lose it all, and now you have to do something. It's just it's devastating. And we've had um, we've had you know disconnects issues on the servers right. for a decade. Um, and it always sucked to lose like great stats in a game. I had a five sack game once from one player and he was a rookie and like washed away. Uh, and I remember being so frustrated by that. Uh, and it's like writing an essay in college and not saving it. And then it like deletes itself. And yeah. You're like I'll never be able to write that again. <laughs> right. Right. It'll never be that perfect. Um, okay. The last topic is contract amnesty. Um, which is something that's come up. And there's just a handful. I think there's a small handful. I think there are really 10 contracts in the game of Madden that are fucking stupid as shit and make no sense. I've got one of the bears with Robert Quinn, who I just installed kind of into my lineup because I'm like, look, if this fucker is going to be around. By the way, he has like a 44 on pass coverage, like both zone and man. And that's what I'm putting him in for. I was like, oh, maybe he's better than. Nope, this guy is horrible i can't believe he's making 14 million a year for three years and then there's matt ryan who's making like i think 45 million next year yep um have we what's your sense of it i, I don't know brian if you have anything any thoughts on this but i know uh, jeff's sort of been hearing some arguments um but i would love to turn his bonus into salary like i have 30 million in free cap right now so i'm like let's fucking bake some cookies here robert quinn and get you out of this uh, off this team um with restructuring to make the bonus salary but i don't know if that's something that there's any movement towards or what people are thinking um i it's touchy to me because i don't know uh oh the dolphins just gave up a touchdown i think no they just <laughs> suck and i watched it for oh. three plays in a row uh, <laughs> great um i'm hesitant for the for the overall impacts that it could have on the the whole league i think i even brought up the idea that like we should let the lions cut somebody and kill the kill the penalty for them just because that team was so screwed um but when it comes to like doing it league-wide i think that there may be some repercussions that would not be good overall like for for teams like the right in the middle of this whole cap thing like I feel like the teams that they may had have had a cap advantage over now they've lost that advantage. So it may negatively impact the sort of the, the, the middle class, if you will, uh, when it comes to cap stuff. So I don't, I don't know. I'd have to look more at it and see, but I'm a little hesitant. Like it, at the very minimum, what I would bid on is like a totally neutral kind of thing is have these contracts last two years and that's it. Like whatever they are, just cut the last years. I mean, Roethlisberger is going to retire or whatever, so that's not a big concern. Or he he's in his contract year, but for somebody like Robert Quinn, I mean, fourteen million this year. I'm like, whatever. I'm I've got cap, whatever. Next year, it's probably going to be fine. But then after that, like a third year of this fuckface, I'm like, Jesus. So I literally and there's just no. And to be frank, I really don't know what it means if I cut him tomorrow. I don't know what that actually does to me next year two years down and that's another problem with the game it doesn't actually convey yeah. honestly yeah. what the risk is so it puts me in a shitty position and i understand that people have traded whatever you know sorry packers that you had like a 95 overall team and you have made some cat moves uh nobody gives a shit ac so go eat a turd um but jeff what do you think what do you think is the most fair way to do it do you think the most fair way is just let it play out because that's what 
I think it's complicated or- and it's only becoming more complicated. And I think a lot of people have said this and I agree with it is the right time to do this was before we did the free agent draft so that those guys could have been in the draft. Uh, and I think already we've all come to a consensus that in Madden 23, that is what we will do. But the problem here is the it, trading is part of it in that uh, cap penalties have gone through with trading. And yes, some of those people were traded because they were trying to get them off the roster for cap reasons. Um, but also it, when you do look around the league at trades, like the teams that have traded have the most cap penalties right now because they are shedding more contracts. And when you look ahead at next year, they already have, I'm talking about myself here, uh, you know, a 20 million cap hit for next year. And they're looking around and going, wait, there's someone who I could have just cut instead. And I understand that frustration. I personally wouldn't have had that issue. Uh, But it it does change the cap for teams around the league. And I I can understand why that's frustrating. Um, The other thing is a lot of teams have a lot of cap space. Uh, and they will have a lot of cap space because, uh, for whatever reason, starting this year, everyone just did. And I think it's because bonuses were cleared automatically by the game. So, like, dead cap wasn't a thing in our league. Uh, but part of what's in the NFL to help these situations that isn't here is you can restructure a contract to accelerate someone's number. You can have voided years at the end of a contract, which is something new we saw in real life this year, uh, where they go, oh, you have a seven-year deal but the last two years are voided, and what that's going to end up meaning is we're going to pay you more earlier at some point. Um, we don't have those kinds of tools. So I think it's okay to try and come up with something. I don't think there's any obvious answer, uh, whether that's – I think it's definitely not move bonus to salary right now because everyone has extra salary right now. Uh, so that's not any different than just saying, okay, amnesty, let's clear it. Who cares? Um and then if you do, you know, shorten the years, well, that's going to increase the amount of salary and bonus on those players. So, like, for Matt Ryan, he goes from, like, a $45 million a year contract to, like, a $65 million a year contract, which I don't think sounds great. <laughs> Holy uh, shit, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, because he's got three – he's got a four-year deal, I think, or a three-year deal. So if we shorten that to two, it would just bring all that money in more. Um so yeah, there's nothing obvious to me, and I I think there's no obvious way to say which teams it should apply to and which teams it shouldn't either. You know, it, if it's gonna be one player for every team, uh, then I can see like, oh, all these good teams have you know all these escapes now, um, whereas they would have had parity bring them back down because of contract reasons. Or, you know, we could say like only the bottom five teams by overall. Well, then you have the Texans who are four and zero and crushing the league right now, and you're gonna give them like a big out which they probably would have used on Deshaun Watson, uh, though now they can't. Um, and it's just, it, it's like we don't have the parameters yet. We have to keep talking about this because there is not been a system uh, suggested concisely yet that I think really brings everyone's concerns into uh, the fray. Whereas I think the trade rule we have now is a pretty good compromise for all parties concerned uh, as we whittle away at it and try and make it a more beautiful golden god. Uh, we just have to find what that is for amnesty as well. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm literally like, I get, I mean, like I said, you're you're right about there being a lot of cap, but with Robert Quinn, there's just like right now, I don't care that he's on my team. You know, it's like whatever. And I didn't even know that he was such a cap issue. Otherwise, I might have brought it up way earlier. And then next year, like, okay, fine. But then after that, I'm just kind of like, I don't, 
I'm being punished stupidly. And that's my big concern is if, if, and I might have the only contract that goes that long, but it's just like, I don't know that I should be punished irrevocably by the bears. I'm already getting hit next year for 14 million for a player that doesn't even play. So I'm kind of like, okay, is anybody else have this? But I did, I did notice when I, w- I went through the entire league and just looked at bad contracts and the rule was sort of like my parameter was 30 and up and, uh, and then, 80 and below but then i started started adjusting that and i was like okay that's like 10 overall right and then because of the players that were uh there were some players that were like 28 like frank clark gets paid 25 million a year which is fucking insane but he's also 28 and can play um where there's you know other guys that have there was, I think, an 80-rated guy who is 28 for the Bengals, who makes 17 million a year. But he's, you know, he's 28, and he's, I think, an 83. I mean, so it was interesting. Also just Madden ratings not being what they should be. Maybe you know, it's it ultimately left up to like one guy. I think the the czar. Right. Uh, and if he does, just doesn't like a guy or doesn't respect the guy's skills, they don't get translated. Like, uh, I listen to a lot of Dolphins media, and I hear constant praise for this guy zach sealer uh who's a a nose tackle he gets no he gets no like recognition because he doesn't get sacks he's a run stopping nose tackle but he's been dominant all season in this bad season he's like getting three yard losses on guys and you know in the game he's a bronze 73 go fuck yourself so it's because he's not a pass rusher and his skills don't translate into this game uh, in a way that would be respected. So it's like that where, you know, Quinn, Robert Quinn, has had a great three-year run in his last three years. He's bounced around different teams because he's been on one-year deals. And so Chicago got him on a, a multi-year deal. But he's they're the guys that got him. Um, and unfortunately, he, because of his age, probably, he's just not being respected by the game. Whereas in real life, he's been like an eight-sack-a-season guy for the last three years. Right. And uh, he won't get to eight sacks this year because I won't let him in the lineup because fuck him and his shitty stats. Um, Anyway, uh, enough about him and about this. Uh, We can talk about championship merch, I think, next week because I want to move on to games to watch this week. I'm all about the Texans versus the Patriots. Are the Texans for real? Absolutely. But I also want to figure out how to beat them. Um, Billy's a great, great Madden player. Um, What game are you looking forward to this week that you're like, I got a real hard bicep over this. Uh, I'll go first. I'm taking the Ravens versus the Colts. Uh, The Ravens' only loss has been to the CPU, which some people have found extra difficult and others have found very controllable. Um, And then the Colts just gave me a shellacking and Jonathan Taylor, no Thomas, uh, is a very talented running back and he uses him very well. so it'll be interesting to see if Carson Wentz can sit in the pocket all day for infinite scroll uh, against a better secondary, such as the Ravens, who have, I think, three guys 85-plus as their corners. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Brian, real quick, uh, Robert Quinn has five sacks this year. Five and a half sacks. And you're telling me that guy is a 77 overall? In real five life? Five and a half sacks. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, this is bullshit. That's another problem. They fucked me nine ways this Sunday. Brian, what's your game of the week this week? Uh, My game of the week this week is my very own freaking game against the Rams. 
Um, this is a must win for me, I think, uh, to, I mean, it's still Pretty early, early but, in the year but, for a must win. Yeah. But, but you got the Cardinals who are last I look were four. No, I didn't check to see if they played this week. Yep. Um, the, the Rams are, are, I got to keep the Rams behind me. I got to keep up the 49ers. I just lost to, uh, I got to stay in the division race. So it's early, but this is, this is a must win. Daddy leagues has my game. Uh, this uh, Rams 27 Seahawks 26. So oh. I gotta I gotta break this the 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 line here and I gotta pull out a win somehow. Did you ever play uh, Shrek's Thong when uh, in Madden 21? Did you play him regularly? Um, I did a couple times. Yeah, he's just yeah. it's like fascinating because he just runs inside the tackles and if you can't stop it, you will eventually lose the game. He just. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating game plan that has no fascination whatsoever to it, and Who it's maddening. Who is starting running back? Is it Acres or is it Henderson? He's using Henderson, which I find fascinating. Yeah. Okay, yeah. th- I've seen him go back and forth, but I think he uses uh, Henderson more. Yeah, uh, my last more of a about power back. Though. Oh, Henderson is. I think so. Huh. I mean, he was such Maybe. a dominating force with Jonathan Taylor with the Colts, and then. Yeah. Uh, he did great with it with the uh, Eagles, but then he traded for Jonathan Taylor. Um, my laptop's at 1% and uh, here kudos to it for surviving. Um, but I guess that's the show. Jeff, take us out. Uh, follow us on Twitter at 4THSL and on Twitch where all the games are hosted on the 4THSL Twitch page. Uh, other than that, thank you for watching and we'll be back sometime next week to talk more about our stupid insular bullshit. MVP of the week! See ya. See ya.